Good morning and welcome to More Than Money. I am your host this morning, Alyssa Young. Um, my co-host, Jean, is off today. So you're stuck with me. Um, as you know, if you listen to the show regularly, we usually start off by talking about the weather. It's beautiful right now, but if you just heard the forecast, there are some thunderstorms ahead, maybe later today and tomorrow. So after the show, get outside and enjoy the weather while you can, or you can take us outside with you. Uh, thank you for joining me this morning. Um, we are broadcasting live, and you can listen to us on uh, 790 AM, or you can stream on iHeartRadio. So if you go to morethanmoneyonline.com, a red button will pop up on the screen, and you can click Listen Live, and that way you can hear us crystal clear in your car, on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer. So uh, you're welcome to share it with people who are abroad, uh, anywhere um, across the country. You can hear us loud and clear, whether you're in the uh, uh, range of this AM radio station or not. Um, during the show today, you can call me and chat. Keep me company since I'm here. Just John and I are alone in the studio this morning without Jean's company. You can call 610-720-7900 and you can speak uh, with John and then he'll take your name and your topic you're calling about and then we'll put you on the air and we can talk. So if you have a question for me um, or a comment, um, you want to talk about what's going on in the market, in your portfolio, in the world, um, give us a call. You can also send me your question via email. My email address is Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. Um, if, if you've heard the show before, you know we talk about all kinds of things. Retirement planning, investment management, Social Security and Medicare, filing decisions, life insurance, annuity audits, reverse mortgages, uh, all kinds of stuff. So um, I'm here to help you as much as I can. If I don't know the answer, I will look it up and I'll get back to you. Uh, I don't have 780 years of experience like Jean, but I will uh, do my best to help you out. Um, I do have a special guest plan for our show today um, in the next segment starting about 830 the infamous Mark Basak will join me. He's going to call in so we can talk about Medicare. We're going to focus today on Medicare Advantage plans and Medigap or supplements. So kind of comparing and contrasting them, um, asking questions. I'll be asking Mark some questions about how do you choose, um, you know, what's the difference, how do you pay for them, what do they cover. So if you are nearing that time in your life where you're going to have to do some research and make decisions about your health insurance uh, via Medicare, it's a good topic for you to listen to because it can be quite overwhelming. Um, as I understand, as you near that age, you get a ton of mail from the insurance companies who are trying to pitch their plan. And it can be overwhelming and confusing. And how do you know which one is the right one for you? Well, Mark can help you figure that out. And we'll use this interview today as a good starting point. But as you've heard us say many times before, he's also available to you for a personal one-on-one -on -one discussion about these things. Uh, Mark comes to the MTM World Headquarters uh, in Lower Nazareth Township twice a month. And you can book an hour to sit with him and ask him all your questions. And he will talk to you about these things as they relate specifically to you. 
So you are welcome to call us or email us to request one of those appointments and um, you'll sit down with Mark. But let's get started with that topic today around 830 and you'll hear his great uh, informative explanations. If you have a question that you want me to specifically ask Mark while he's on the air today, you can email that to me. Again, it's Alyssa at AskMTM.com and I'll try to get that fit that in. We do have um, you know, a plan for our conversation today because I wanted to make sure we covered everything in a clear manner. But uh, if I can get your specific questions answered as well, I would love to. So send them to me and we'll talk about it with Mark. So um, been it's been a, an interesting week. I feel like we have been saying that every Saturday morning for the past several months, um, the market's been very volatile. There's a lot going on in the world, as you know, um, it can be a little um, uh, nerve-wracking, I suppose. So yesterday was no exception. Um, yesterday we got the news about inflation rates. Um, we learned yesterday that in May, uh, prices rose 8.6% from a year ago. And that was the fastest increase in 40 years again, since December of 1981. That was two months before I was born. Um, This is even more than what Dow Jones estimated inflation would be. They were expecting an 8.3% year-over-year increase, so we beat it, and that's not a good thing, uh, 8.6%. When they talk about uh, inflation, you'll hear consumer price index, or CPI. That's the other uh, term that's used to describe that change in prices. Um, The core CPI excludes food and energy prices because they're more volatile. That was up 6%, which also was slightly higher than what was estimated. Um, So month to month, um, the inflation rate was 1%. So again, um, you know, if you're feeling like prices keep going up and they're higher than they were just a month ago, you aren't wrong. One of the biggest uh, factors is, of course, energy prices. So uh, fuel oil, 16.9% monthly gain. Ugh, so you're seeing that um, in all kinds of bills, including um, how much you're paying to put gas in your car. Um, fuel oil is 106.7% more than it was a year ago. Uh, food costs climbed 1.2% monthly. Um, year over year, food costs you 10% more than it did a year ago. Um, so this, what it really means, if it, when you compare inflation to wages, uh, it really means you took a pay cut. So real wages, when accounting for inflation, fell 0.6% um, in April. Um, and so even if you're getting a small raise, you know, the prices are going up are are. are canceling that out, if you will. It says on a 12-month basis, real average, excuse me, easy for me to say, real average hourly earnings were down 3% year over year. So that news, of course, caused uh, the stock market to react in a negative fashion. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down for the 10th week out of 11 weeks. That hasn't happened since the Great Depression. So that's certainly not a good record to be setting. 
Uh, yesterday was a rough day in the market. Uh, the Dow was down 2.5%, bringing it down 14% year-to-date. The S&P 500 down 2.7% yesterday, bringing it down 18.5% year-to-date. And the NASDAQ dropped more than 3% yesterday, bringing it to a 28.25% year-to-date decline. So um, is this the bottom? <laughs> That's this, the topic of conversation uh, often hearing in all of the you know business news. Um, let's hope so. We don't know. Uh, we don't have a crystal ball. So, of course, you know, we're just um, talking about in our office with our clients on the show, talking about planning for the long term and making appropriate accommodations for you um, in the short term. So uh, speaking of that, uh, I'm curious, what are you doing differently due to inflation? So gas prices are through the roof, record highs. Food prices are higher than normal. Electricity rates are higher than normal. Are you making any adjustments to your lifestyle or to your plans because everything costs more? Um, If you have something you want to share with us, something we can talk about, I would love for you to call to discuss that. The phone number is 610-720-7900. I have some um, news tidbits on that topic to share a little bit later, a survey that was done that reported different ways people were shopping differently and things. So we can talk about that in a bit. Um, My 17-year-old son just said the other day that he thought he would start paying cash to put gas in his car because he realized that it costs less when you pay cash with cash than if you pay with a card. And because it's so expensive, especially for teenagers who have you know limited income, um, he said, hey, why not save 10 cents a gallon and w- go in to the you know register and pay with cash so it costs me a little less. I said, hey, you know, good idea. Um, so that's one way that he's going to try to save a little bit of money here and there. Um, one of the I don't know if if we'll try to find a silver lining. I was going to say it's good news. It's not really great news. But a silver lining in all this is that it looks like um, people who collect Social Security can expect um, another large cost of living adjustment for 2023. So if you'll recall, um, if you don't get Social Security, you still heard us talk about this. But for 2022, the increase uh, cost of living adjustment to Social Security benefits was 5.9%. And that was the biggest cost of living adjustment for Social Security in about 40 years. Um, This week, or excuse me, last week, the um, annual Social Security trustees report suggested a 3.8% increase for 2023 But now looking at the trends so far with inflation, um, the chief actuary at the Social Security Administration suggested that the cost of living increase for 2023 might be closer to 8%. So the way they do that is they compare the – it's one of the inflation rates, um, specifically the one for urban wage earners and clerical workers. There are different consumer price index rates, but they look at that one for the third quarter of the current year and compare it to the third quarter of the prior year. And that's how they decide how much to increase Social Security benefits for the next year. So the cost of living adjustment for 2023 is going to be influenced by how inflation fares in July, 
August and September of this year. So if things don't cool down um, with price increases in the next three months, then, you know, we'll be looking for a much larger cost of living adjustment um, for Social Security in 2023. So trying to help you keep uh, pace with how much things are costing you so that your income can help you, um, you know, still cover your regular your regular needs. Um, I have a few other kind of uh, housekeeping items to share. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times so far, but in case you missed it, um, my next Invest in You event, which is a quarterly series of events that we do for women in the Lehigh Valley, is going to be about a month from now. It's going to be the week of July 11th, but I don't have a specific date yet. So in the coming week, I'm going to work on uh, pinning down a time and date. And then starting next week, we can promote um, when exactly this will happen. But we're going to be inviting you to join us for a 5K to support the uh, charity Laughing at My Nightmare. Um, MTM has been a sponsor of that 5K event for a few years. And like last year... We did it virtually, um, meaning we had our own, we organized our own race. Um, two, I think it was actually three years ago um, was the last time, or the first time I participated in the race, and the last time it was in uh, person. So um, I'm guessing actually that must have been in 2019 before the pandemic. Uh, they had the 5K at, starting at Steel Stacks. And uh, it was a great event. Um, so it raised money for Laughing at My Nightmare. And then they've been doing it like virtually. So they invite people to do their own personal 5K. And you get, uh, you know, some some swag for participating. And then you can report your results and share your photos. And so last year, like I said, we kind of organized our own. And we did it in a neighborhood near our office. And it was great. It was very hot that day. But we had fun together Um and we're going to do something similar this year, but we're inviting you to join us. And you can run, walk, or roll, meaning ride a bike or a scooter or push someone in a wheelchair, whatever you want. Um, we'll map out a, a course. Well, we probably use the same one we did last year, but we marked it with sidewalk chalk arrows. And um, we will also love to have volunteers just to provide some race support if you don't want to participate in the 5k but you would like to maybe man a water station for the people who are walking running or rolling um, or hand out medals at the finish line take pictures so uh, we would love to have you join us for that and we'll you know maybe collect donations for laughing at my nightmare because like I said MTM's already sponsoring the race so we're signed up to participate but anyone who wants to join us who would sign up between now and then um, you know we'll just do something extra to kind of contribute to the cause and um, you can learn more about it online just look it up online and you'll see what laughing at my nightmare does and uh, see pictures and stuff of the races in the past so um, we'll promote that on social media on our website and on this show um, more specifically probably starting next week so keep an eye out for that and also pray that it's not as hot and humid as it was when we did this race last year. It was brutal. Um, also, um, More Than Money is again sponsoring a Folds of Honor Radiothon on September 9th. So um, there's a live broadcast from our world headquarters and we have an honor garden, all kinds of festivities to, to um 
benefit Folds of Honor, which is a charity that pays for scholarships to uh, family members of military members who were hurt or killed in service. Um, And all of the money that we raise stays here in this local chapter in our region. Uh, So September 9th, the Radiothon involves matching money. So if people call and pledge uh, money toward Folds of Honor, we like to have matching sponsors. So uh, I think we had a a record-breaking year last year. I don't remember off the top of my head the exact number that we raised, but we can talk about that in the weeks and months um, approaching that. But anyway, keep in mind if that's something you would like to get on board with early and sign up as a sponsor... You can email Megan at AskMTM.com or you can email me and I'll pass it along and we will include you uh, on that list and make sure that you're involved. It's a great cause. Um, One other thing, lots of events coming up. Summertime is often like that. Um, My son is uh, on the Nazareth Area High School football team and the Football Booster Club is hosting a golf tournament on June 25th at Green Pond Country Club, and they're still looking for more golfers. So if you like to golf and want to do something to you know, help a group that's trying to raise money, there's an opportunity there for you to get involved. It should be a nice event. They've been um, collecting great prizes and stuff. So if you're interested and you want some information about that, if you have trouble finding it on your own, um, I'd be happy to help you with that. So that golf tournament is June 25th. Um, Jean will be there, so that morning I'll be here alone again. So two weeks from now, um, you can golf and maybe, you know, sneak your earbuds in and listen to the show while you're golfing, perhaps. <laughs> Make it more interesting. Uh, so let me know if you need any more information on that. So, again, you can contact me by email at alyssa at askmtm.com or call um, to talk to me today at 610-720-7900. So we have a few minutes before our first break, so I have some emails here I will pull up and share with you. We'll start with this one that says, Dear Jean, thank you for introducing us to Mike Pompey. We hope that you are very proud that he is part of your professional network. Last year, our long-term care insurance carrier for our 20-year-old policy announced a 40% premium increase divided into two 20% parts for years 2021 and 2022. We contacted them to determine the premium adjustments for each of the policy options they offered. Subsequently, we reached out to you for guidance. You had someone from your office contact us to schedule an appointment for me and my wife with Mike at your world headquarters. He reviewed the information from the insurance company and reconciled that with our preferences concerns, and overall financial position. During this 45-minute session, Mike determined we had an excellent policy, suggested we keep it, and offered several ways we could preserve the benefits that best fit our requirements. We followed his advice, and his adjustments resulted in a 50% premium decrease instead of a 20% increase. So now it is time for this year's 20% premium increase. We contacted Mike directly to compare current market conditions and new product offerings with our current policy and personal situation. We gathered and provided all the information he requested, assuming we were in for a substantial change. Mike arranged for a video call, um, I think they probably met on Zoom, and had his team compare and contrast 
our policy and potential changes with newer alternative product offerings. During the call, Mike indicated that while current market product offerings offer practical versatility for many, at this point, our policy offers no clear advantages for us, and they're actually lower cost. This is largely due to our grandfathered benefits and the adjustments we made last year. It is refreshing to work with a knowledgeable professional like Mike. He's fair-minded and has earned our trust. He didn't try to sell us anything but his honest expertise. I can't imagine working with anyone else as our long-term care and related insurance needs change. Well, I want to thank uh, this person for sharing this experience with Mike. I can attest to Mike's professionalism and honesty. Um, he is with Ash Brokerage, and we talk about our partner specialists often on this show. And you probably heard Mike's name before. He's he's done interviews on the on the show in the past as well. And we'll have him back soon. Um, Mike comes into our office once a month and offers a free life insurance audit. But it's not only an audit that he'll provide. He also um, will give you a great introduction into different policies, like how long term care works, what options you have, how you can expect to pay for those, like what they would cost, things like that. So Mike is. Of, he's just full of information. He'll share whatever you need to know. Um, and, and in this case, he, he looked at somebody's policy and ex- can explain how it works, why it works the way it does. If it's the best situation for them, he'll do the same thing for you. So sometimes it's worth just checking, you know, so that you have peace of mind that you know that it's worth keeping. Or maybe you'll find an opportunity to save money or get better benefits uh, it doesn't hurt to spend that, you know, hour, 45 minutes. Maybe it only takes 20 minutes for, in your case, but it doesn't hurt to um, plan for that and have a sit down with Mike and, and know for sure that you've got what you need and you're not overpaying for it. So if that's something you're interested in at the current time, Mike has two dates coming up where he still has appointments available and they are July 20th and August 17th. Um, he comes to our office. You can meet with him in person or like the, these folks did um, during their subsequent meeting, he can um, sit with you via Zoom. That way you can see each other, but also even share a screen if you have information to uh, show each other. Um, or on the phone and, you know, just talk through what you want, show him what you have, um, and he will follow up if he needs to do some research and get back to you. So uh, that's a great experience, and we thank Mike for being so helpful um, to our clients. He's great. Uh, I do have one other piece of news to share before we go to our break, and then we will have Mark Basak joining us right after this break to talk about Medicare options. So you don't want to miss that if you need to learn a little bit more about what the heck is an Advantage plan, what's a supplement, which one do I need, I don't know. Um, This year, uh, Medicare premium, the Part B Medicare premium, went up from $148.50 per month in 2021 to $170.10 per month this year. So that was like a $22 increase per month. Um, Part of the reason was there is a new drug to treat Alzheimer's disease that at the time they were kind of uncertain about pricing and how it was going to be used. And in the fall of 2021, that drug cost an average of $56,000 per year. Well, after the 2022 Medicare Part B premium was set, 
the manufacturer of this drug reduced the price to about $26,200, so less than half. So now um, we're, we're learning that it didn't cost that much. So the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services is saying that they, there are some savings there, and they're going to reduce the Medicare Part B premium for 2023, and they expect it will be lower than 2022 was. Um, they will determine this fall what that final premium will be. So that's another little piece of good news. See, I try. Try to bring a smile to your face despite all of the dark clouds and bad news that are out there. So there's a little, um, you know, respite for you, I hope. Um, you'll pay a little bit less for Part B next year. Um, we'll keep you updated on that, of course, as it gets more specific. So I'll um, give you one more opportunity to send me an email during the break that I can ask a question to Mark Basak about um, Medigap Advantage plans. You can send me an email at alyssa at askmtm.com. Mark is going to be calling in um, and we'll talk through um, the questions I prepared for him. So please stay right where you are. Tune in for that helpful interview. And we'll be right back after this. Good morning. I am your host, Alyssa Young. I gave Jean the day off. Um, sorry if you're missing him, but um, don't worry. I have a special guest, so we will make up for Jean's absence with uh, our friend, Mark Basak. He called in um, over the break. He's uh, ready to join us to talk about Medicare Advantage plans versus Medigap plans. And so you are going to be in for a real treat. Good morning, Mark. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, good morning, Alyssa. It's a pleasure. And I'm happy to be here, but I certainly am not replacing Gene. <laughs> good way to just cover your tracks there. You know, we don't want him to be upset when he when he hears that we are claiming that you could fill his shoes, right? <laughs> he is irreplaceable. <laughs> well, so are you. We are very grateful for you. I'm especially happy to have you here today to help me out, but most importantly, to help our listeners, because I know that the topic we're about to dive into is something that people need a lot of help understanding. So I thought we could get started with um, giving people in your words, an overview of what is Medicare Part A and Part B? Because before you even start taking using Medicare coverage, um, all of this stuff might be foreign. So can you tell people that introduction first of what's Medicare Part A and Part B? Okay. 
we'll talk about the two parts, but let's uh, back up and, and figure out who is eligible for Medicare and when will they be eligible. Perfect. And uh, for nearly everyone, Medicare will start at age 65. Uh, it actually begins on the first day of the month that you turn 65 uh, normally. Uh, there are some folks on Social Security disability who will get Medicare before their 65th birthday. Uh, but really, most people are going to uh, reach this point at age 65. If you're on Social Security uh, collecting benefits before age 65, it's very convenient. The Medicare card comes to you in the mail. You pretty much don't have to do anything, and you're going to get this A and B that we're about to talk about. If you're not collecting Social Security, you have to be proactive. Mm -hmm. You have to actually reach out to the Social Security Administration and apply for Medicare. Uh, and the process is simple. It can be done online or by telephone. Uh, but uh, it is necessary for you to take the step. Social Security is not going to seek you out. Now, Part A of Medicare is your hospital benefit. Uh, people always say, well, Part A is free, right? Yes, it is. Uh, the big but there is not everybody uh, in the United States has worked for 40 quarters under Social Security, uh, that's roughly 10 years of work. And if you haven't done that, you're not going to get Medicare Part A for free. Mm. And you may have the option of paying for Part A out of pocket, uh, but we have to be careful there because if a person does that, their costs can be as high as $499 a month oh, to wow. get that protection. But that's not the normal situation. The normal situation is that you paid into Social Security, uh, you're covered for Part A either through your own work or through the work of a spouse, and you will get Part A of Medicare for free. Now, that covers hospital stays. Uh, in some cases, that covers inpatient care at a skilled nursing facility. Uh, it includes now hospice care for people, both in a facility or at home. And finally, Part A also provides uh, home health care. But let's be careful here. This is home health care that people need uh, that is medically necessary and uh, requires skilled nursing care. And, and this is usually given after an extremely serious illness or an operation or something of that nature. So let's think of it mainly as hospital coverage, but there are those additional benefits. Part B of Medicare is not free. Uh, it comes with Part A, uh, and currently, Part B of Medicare costs people $170.10 a month. Uh, people with higher incomes, though, can find themselves paying higher premiums for that Part B coverage. 
And generally, those higher premiums are determined by your taxable income in a prior year. Uh, that prior year is normally two years earlier. But because of life changes, such as uh, retirement, uh, loss of income, death, uh, change in marital status, it is possible that uh, Social Security could decide to use a uh, year other than two years ago to determine whether or not there will be a premium surcharge. But to simplify things, most folks are going to be paying $170.10 a month for Part B. Mm -hmm. Now, Part B covers medical care. And medical care, uh, the most obvious thing that comes to mind is going to a doctor, going to your family doctor, going to a specialist. Uh, but it also includes uh, tests. Uh, I mean, nowadays, folks can spend you know, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on medical tests. So this would uh, include things like uh, blood work, uh, CAT scans, x-rays, and, and on and on. It also covers ambulatory surgical procedures um, uh, or outpatient surgery, a simpler way to express it, mm -hmm. screenings, some vaccinations, uh, and, and just a whole host of oh, uh, mental health care. Uh, so lots and lots of things fall under the rubric of medical care. Uh, now, this Part B, because it has a charge, of $170 or more, it's uh, something that sometimes people don't have to take Part B. And a situation where you would not have to take it would be if you're working or you have a working spouse. And if that work activity provides medical coverage under an employer group health plan, you do not have to take Part B of Medicare. And, and Alyssa, I know you know this, that one of the most common questions we get about Social Security is, uh, I'm turning 65, I know I have to sign up for Medicare, uh, I don't want to get penalized. But in most of the people asking that question are people who are working and who are covered by their employer group health plans they do not have to sign up. They don't have to call Social Security and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm working in covered. Please, please put me on a registry or something like that. Mm -hmm. there, there is no registry. There's nothing you have to do. Uh, and when you eventually do need Part B of Medicare, Social Security has a procedure to document that you have the coverage, and they would then uh, not penalize the person for filing. So I covered a lot of ground there. Do you have uh, anything to add? Um, no, that was great. Uh, I think you're, that's a very important point to emphasize. You're right. We get that question all the time. People are afraid that if they don't do something when they turn 65, if, if they don't need Part B, but they still don't do something, they're afraid they're going to get in trouble or it's going to be too late uh, when they do need Medicare coverage to start. So um, that I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you don't need to start it if you have coverage another way. Um, you can wait until you're ready to replace your employer plan coverage with Medicare Part B. 
Now, right. Mark, if you've got part A and you've got part B, do you need anything else? Uh, I would say for most people, yes, you do need something else. Because, Tell us why. Uh, part, part A of Medicare covers all of your hospital bills except for the first $1,556. Now, I know that even with inflation, $1,556 isn't what it used to be worth, but (laughs) it's still a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you have to pay that part if you're hospitalized. And in addition, with Part B of Medicare, you have an annual... um, uh, deductible of $233. So you have to run up that much in medical bills before Medicare starts paying. And then when Medicare does pay, it pays 80% of your medical bills. Now, if I go to a family doctor twice a year, 20% of my medical bills might be 20% of uh, you know, $200 or and, and that's obviously not a lot of money, $20, $40. That, that's something I can handle. Mm-hmm. But we all know that when people have serious or chronic illnesses, we could be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical care in a year. And 20% of $100,000 is a lot of money. It's money that could potentially bankrupt a person. And so people uh, should consider getting some kind of help with what Medicare doesn't pay. And with traditional Medicare, the way that many people address that is to get what's called a Medigap plan or a Medicare supplement from a private insurance company. Okay, that so so that's going to pay the rest of the costs that Part B doesn't cover after that eighty percent. Um, mm-hmm. Now you you said we have choices here. We have Advantage plans and we have supplements. And what's the difference between the two? Well, okay, uh, let's be a little careful here. An Advantage plan uh, is a choice but it's not a supplement. So the Medigap plan that pays the 20% that Medicare doesn't pay, that works a bit differently than Advantage plans. So let's first talk about how Medigap plans work. Okay. You uh, go to a private insurance company, and I believe in Pennsylvania there's at least 30 companies offering Medigap plans, and then those companies offer uh, up to 10 different Medigap plans. Now, these plans range in price from $44 a month up to $392 a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, The older you are, the higher the premium. And uh, for most of these plans, as you get older, the premium increases year after year. But you have, after the first $233 in a calendar year, no out-of-pocket medical expenses. Does not cover dental, 
does not cover vision, does not take care of drugs. Works in all 50 states. And you can go to any doctor in the USA who accepts Medicare. Uh, and finally, these plans work wonderful for those retirees that are lovingly referred to as snowbirds. So if you spend uh, part of the year in a warm place and part of the year in a not-so-warm place, you are going to be able to get your medical treatment wherever you're at. And uh, so the flexibility of a Medigap plan is uh, very attractive. Now, Medicare Advantage plans, which are also referred to as Part C of Medicare, have much lower premiums. In fact, locally in the Lehigh Valley, we probably have nearly 20 popular Advantage plans available to Medicare uh, beneficiaries that have zero premium. So what that means is your $170.10 Medicare Part B premium pays for your entrance into the Advantage plan, which is a network. And when you're in that Advantage plan, you may not have always have an additional premium. Now, some of the Advantage plans, in truth, do have premiums, and sometimes the premiums can be high, but that tends to be unusual. Usually the premiums are $50 a month or less. And if you're paying more than $50 a month, there's probably a special reason why you took that plan. Uh, so it's more common to have premium-free or low-premium plans. But where you face cost with a Medicare Advantage plan is out-of-pocket cost. Mm -hmm. So when you actually get the medical care, you will have a copay when you visit the practitioner, when you get physical therapy, when you get a, uh, a uh, test, and that's coming out of your pocket. Now, for some of these plans, the out-of-pocket is very small, and realistically, Healthy people uh, may only go to the doctor once or twice a year, so one or two co-pays of maybe $10 or even $30 is certainly not going to break the bank, and saving all that money up front with, with either zero or low premiums, uh, Medicare Advantage plans could be a very cost-effective way to operate. But if I'm a snowbird, I may not like that Advantage plan because the network is where your primary residence is. So if you, your primary residence is in the Lehigh Valley, then your network is probably not going to include Miami, Florida, or you know Arizona, or wherever people go when they want to escape the cold. Um, and many of the Advantage plans cover drugs. And we didn't really talk about drugs, but folks that have supplements or Medigap plans have to get a separate Medicare drug plan, which has an additional cost. So that will be folded into the Advantage plan. And, you know, one final thing, I'm not pushing Advantage plans, but I'm just trying to explain the difference. 
With Advantage plans, there are additional benefits that are not available with supplements. And the most uh, popular examples of those uh, additional benefits would be uh, dental care, uh, vision care, and hearing aids. So that might be covered under an Advantage plan, but it definitely will not be covered uh, with a Medicare supplement. Again, I really went on. Uh, please uh, ask any follow-ups. Oh, that, that was great. Uh, one thing, one point of clarification for folks, when they hear uh, the G plan and the F plan and all these letters, um, can you explain to people how that fit, fits into what you just talked about? Okay. Those G plans and F plans, that's referring to your Medigap plan. And basically... The more comprehensive the supplement is, the more it pays, then it's going to cost you more. So currently, uh, the uh, G plan is the generally the most expensive Medigap plan, but it covers the most stuff. And some of the things that I like that it covers, I, I talked about that nasty Part A deductible of 1556 mm-hmm. uh, when you go in the hospital, well, your Medigap plan picks up that 1556. Uh, in addition, uh, it will cover additional costs with skilled nursing care. It might cover costs when you travel. So there are additional goodies with the G plan that might not be available in some of those other alphabet soup plans that uh, do not cost as much. So the folks that can afford it uh, seem to flock to the G coverage because it is the most comprehensive of the supplements. But again, it's not going to cover dental care. It's not going to cover vision, doesn't cover your drugs. So there are even limits with the G plan. Okay. So um, in our last few minutes together, I, I would love for you to share with folks the things I hear you talk about when we have those one-on-one individualized conversations with people um, who are struggling to decide what's the best course of action for them. You're, you're very helpful in giving them um, some guidance, pointing, steering them one way or another based on their unique needs. So if someone who's saying, okay, well, you just told me that these these supplements cost a lot more money. They're, you know, the, the premiums higher, and they don't include dental, vision, or drugs. Um, meanwhile, an Advantage plan is can be free and includes dental, vision, and drugs. So, one of the points you already made that was is important is if you're a snowboarder or if you travel a lot, um, that's one of the benefits of paying more is you can use it anywhere. What are some other things that you um, tell people to consider uh, about their own individual needs and situations that would help them decide which way to go between the two? Okay. Well, one consideration is um, can you switch? Can, uh, do you have to stay with either a Medigap plan or an Advantage plan? And uh, you can begin with a Medigap plan and switch to an Advantage plan at any point in your life during the Advantage plan open season, which is available annually to people between October and December. So you could start 
paying that upfront premium on a supplement and then after three or four years decide, geez, I don't really need that type of coverage. I hear this Advantage plan is wonderful. My friends are all in it. I think I'm going to try it. So you can switch during the open season. Every year during the open season, you can switch to a different Advantage plan. What you usually cannot do is go back to a Medigap plan or a supplement because as you get older, your health is riskier to the insurance company and they can look at your pre-existing conditions in order to determine your eligibility or the premium. So that's an important consideration. Another important consideration is, boy, this stuff is really complicated. Where do I get help? Well, of course, I'm available with folks uh, through uh, MTM, uh, but uh, in addition, in the Lehigh Valley, uh, both counties have an excellent service called Medi Counselors. And these counselors are available to people who are turning 65 and who are encountering Medicare for the first time. And they're also available to people who are on Medicare and who are considering changes in perhaps a Medicare drug plan or an Advantage plan. Um, the they have phone numbers in both Lehigh and Northampton County. I don't want to waste the time now to give those phone numbers, but by Googling M-E-D-I, METI, in Northampton County or Lehigh County, you'll have that number at your fingertips. Oh, that's wonderful, you, Mark. Thank you. If you can't Google, there's probably somebody near you <laughs> who can Google for you. Yes. Uh, so so that's a, a very useful tool. Thank you so much. We could talk about this for another couple of hours, but <laughs> unfortunately we're coming up on our break, so we'll have to pause there and um, we'll have to promise our listeners that you'll come back, right, and we'll talk about this more another day. <laughs> it would be a pleasure. Well, Mark, thank you so much. This was a wealth of information in just 25 minutes, and you're always available to our clients. So call us if you want to talk with Mark one-on-one. -on -one. Thank you, Mark. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll be right back after this. number two of more than money this morning if you missed the last segment you missed a very helpful interview with mark basak our social security and medicare specialist he gave us a 
great in-depth overview of Medicare and all of its components and your options. If you missed it, no worries. We have this show available to you online and in your favorite podcast app starting Monday afternoon. So you can catch it um, at your leisure and um, replay that. And then when you decide you need to have a meeting with Mark so you can talk about more, <laughs> you can call us uh, at the MTM World Headquarters and schedule um, one-on-one consultation with him. At no charge, no obligation. So I just want to thank Mark. Um, we're always, when we get into these kinds of conversations, we have so much information we can share and we're trying to squeeze it in between commercial breaks. So I always feel bad trying to uh, cut it off on time. Um, so I just want to thank him again for his help today and for spending that time with us. Um, hopefully it benefited you. So if you have questions, um, you can call 610-720-7900 and we can talk about it right now on the air. Uh, you can email me, Alyssa at askmtm.com, or you can call us at the office during the week and um, we can work with you and get Mark involved, whatever would help you the most. Um, we started out the show talking about the news that the Consumer Price Index, which measures um, the prices of goods and services, uh, increased 8.6% from May 2021 to May 2022, which is a 40-year high again. Um, and so I wanted to talk about things people are doing differently because everything costs more. So are you changing your habits? Um, I found an article about a survey that was done, an online survey of more than 2,000 adults. It was done in March and in May. And the results uh, show that the ways people are adjusting their habits, uh, 52% of those people said they're taking fewer trips to the store. 45% say they're buying generic brands. 40% say they're entertaining at home instead of going out. And 33% say that they're buying more in bulk. Um, more than half of the people surveyed said that because meat prices are so high, they've been more curious about trying other options for meals, like plant-based food and dairy options. Um, one woman quoted in this article says that they're eating more spaghetti and that type of stuff because it's cheap, but it's not healthy for you. Um, that same person that is a 45-year-old woman who has two teenage children um, said that her family used to eat a lot of chicken, but because it's gotten so expensive, she's buying less expensive hamburger meat or ground beef instead, even though it's fattier. And when she buys vegetables, she's buying frozen instead of fresh to save money. So that's, uh, you know, some ways some people are adapting um, their spending. Uh, we do have uh, a call. Um, Al is on the line. I think Al wants to talk about change in um, his habits. Good morning, Al. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Yeah, great show, Alyssa. Thanks. I thought I'd try to kill a little of your time. Hopefully, <laughs> Thank <controlled>. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I guess more about the, the market. And, and what it makes how it makes us feel, you know, the downturn. And I'm sure you hear that a lot from your clients. But I, I always tended to be too conservative, but with my investments. And but I'm not happy right now that I am because, as Gene and you always say, just because my principal is guaranteed as, as inflation keeps going up, obviously it's eating away at my 
my buying power and, and it's it's bad for the whole country yeah yeah you're, um, you're right you don't have that when you don't have that growth potential um each dollar is worth a little less and if you're not you know adding um to your your reserves there you, you can't buy as much it's it's a problem yeah one of these times i'm going to make an appointment to come in and talk to you guys about my master plan but yeah i i, I hope i haven't started yet but i'm, I'm going to I haven't had to, thank God, but I'm going to try to spend down my principal slowly and hope it lasts for my longevity. I don't know if that makes sense or not. We're, we're always told it's it, we're motivated by greed and fear in the market. Is that true? Oh, that's very true, Al. I think that's a, a big reason we see the kinds of swings we do day to day. Um, when you're looking at what did the Dow do today and the S&P 500 do today, um, a lot of those big swings are, in fact, motivated by greed and fear, particularly by people who are uh, trying to make short-term plays, right, and make get short-term results. Um, they they cause those big swings. And you're right, we are as humans, it's just natural. We react more strongly to those feelings than we do, you know, optimism or hope or um, just being, you know, practical um they they definitely it's it's just a biological instinct honestly and as far as my changes i i really haven't made a lot of changes consciously right now but regarding the gas this sounds minimal but like i was brought up in the old days when you were told when you start a car you let it run a little bit and warm up Mm -hmm. and when, when you get back to your parking space you let it run a little bit the motor to charge the battery Mm mm-hmm and um, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hey. turning the ignition on and going, or when I get home, I turn it off. Every That's little my bit. Little contribution to what I changed. Yeah, hey, every little bit counts. And I think even um, on that same note, you know, talking about trying to save gas, um, another thing I've heard people mention to me, you know, meetings with clients and stuff is trying to be more efficient with their trips, right? So if you're going to go out, to the store um, and maybe you have you make a couple stops uh, along the route and do it all at once instead of going out and back and then the next day going out and back. Uh, so just trying to be thoughtful about planning your outing so that you're not wasting gas. Well, that's a great idea to me personally because um, I'm retired and I go to the Y every morning, but in the afternoon, I usually kill my afternoon because I think I'm a shrewd grocery shopper. Mm-hmm. So every day I usually go to a local store maybe a mile or two away and buy small quantities each day. So that's probably a good idea to do it once a week. Yeah, maybe yeah. F- uh, fewer trips. Um, you fewer know, trips, yep. Yeah, that would be, be another way to save some gas, yeah. Well, thank you for calling, Al. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You're having a great show here. Thank Thank you you so much. Same to you. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, some thoughts there. Um, You know, try to to minimize your driving if you can. Um, Be uh, thoughtful and plan a little bit. And um, I think that also goes for shopping. Um, So I can share a couple of things that I do. I We've talked in the past about this. I'm a pretty frugal person, and I've always tried to be careful about um, my spending. So I haven't had too many opportunities to make big changes right now just in you know reaction to inflation because I'm already, I've already been doing these things. But, like, for example, I clip coupons. 
Um, I buy things based on what's on sale. So whether my kids get Cheez-Its for the week or goldfish um, depends on which one's on sale. I don't just buy whatever they like every time I go to the store. If it's not on sale, I'll buy something different. Even with like, you know, they have cookies sometimes. Like We're not big junk food eaters, but we have that stuff in the house. And which kinds of cookies I'll buy depends on what's on sale. Um, so those are some of the things that that I do, but also as far as planning goes, I do a list. I make a list. I make a plan for meals that I want to cook during the week. I write down everything I need to be able to make those meals, and I go to the grocery store once a week, and I buy everything all at once. And I have my coupons, and I use my giant card so I get gas points. And um, most of the time, I don't need to make a return trip to the grocery store during the week, so um, I'm getting what we need and not needing to make multiple stops or multiple trips. So it's saving on gas, but I think I also spend less at the store because I'm just getting what's on my list. And I'm, you know, looking at um, opportunities to save. Sometimes, for example, I'll buy more of something at once because it's on sale. And I'll know that if I know it'll keep and I'll use it eventually. Um, So sort of stock up when the price is a little bit lower. some other ideas that I have, I can implement, I think I should start doing, um, but it kind of goes against the um, idea of not making multiple trips. I've, I've been thinking about how at the grocery store, the price of like shampoo and soap and that kind of stuff might be a little higher than what I could pay at like a Walmart or a Target. And so I probably need to do more research into comparing those prices and deciding if it might be worth making one trip, maybe if it's only even like once a month or something, because I end up going to those stores occasionally anyway, but buying all of that kind of stuff at a different store than the grocery store might save me some money. Um, I usually just try to get everything I need in that one weekly grocery trip so I don't have to go to multiple stores. But uh, one example of I do end up going to a Walmart or Target every couple of weeks anyway my son, who eats a lot, um, <laughs> every day he eats a can of chicken and sausage gumbo. It's a Campbell soup, like a canned thing, and he he uses it as essentially like a meal supplement, like a second lunch or a second dinner because he's trying to bulk up for football, and he loves that soup. And I will no longer buy that at the grocery store because the price has gone up to almost $4 per can. There is no way I am spending $4 per can on Campbell's soup. It used to be on sale pretty often, and the regular price was something like $2.25 or something like that. The price has gone up substantially just over the last couple of months, but I can get it at Walmart for $1.98. So I'll go to Walmart and buy like 10 or 12 cans of it at a time. Um, And so maybe while I'm there, I should also be buying soap and shampoo and cleaning products. So I need to do a little homework, um, spend a little time at the grocery store, maybe jotting down what the normal prices are for those non-food items. And then next time I'm on my gumbo run, (laughs) I'll uh, compare the prices for those things at Walmart or Target. So it's hard, you know, you hear us talk about my, what my schedule is like. I'm usually on a tight schedule when I go to the grocery store and it's like, I got to get in and get out and I don't have time for, um, you know, extra research. But I think one of these days, maybe today, um, I can make a list and um, and plan on that. So hopefully that gives you some ideas. If you have ideas, suggestions, things you want to talk about, what are you doing to be mindful of your spending or 
spend less, um, let me know. I do want to share one other thing on that topic for now. Uh, during a recent meeting with a client, um, we were talking about how some people are still treating themselves. And that's important, too. We don't want to um, completely cut back so that you're not doing anything fun or doing anything special because times are tough right now. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world, scary things, sad things. There's been mass shootings. There's a war. There's still COVID. There's you know lots of stuff. And we still do need to live our lives. So the example we were talking about with some very wonderful, sweet clients I have, um, a woman um, works at um, Josh Early Candies. And she said, despite prices, people are still coming in and buying their special chocolate. And it's because they still want to enjoy the things that they enjoy and still kind of live their lives. And that's important too. So I think it's a balancing act. Don't overspend on things you don't need to. Um, but then if you find opportunities to do something nice without breaking the bank, um, do that too. So just some food for thought. It's a tough time out there and the things are expensive. So if you want to talk about it, call me at 610-720-7900. Or if you have questions about uh, other stuff, um, I have an email about um, something totally different that we'll talk about now. This email says, I recently relocated to Florida um, earlier this year from Sladington. At that time, I sold my home to my brother. Do I owe state and federal taxes? A tax preparer slash tax accountant here in Florida can file federal if required, but what about Pennsylvania? Okay, so um, maybe some good news for this person. If this home that you sold to your brother was your primary residence, which it sounds like it is because he was living in Sladington and now lives in Florida, you only owe taxes if you profited more than $250,000 on that sale. And if you're married... You actually have $500,000 of profit that is not taxed. So when it's your primary home and you've lived there for more than two years, you escape any capital gains tax on sale of your home um, if it's less than $250,000 per person in um, gains. So I think you're good to go there. Um, if it were a rental property, any of that profit is taxable. But if it's your house that you live in, you're good. Um, so that's maybe some good news. Um, oh, I have something interesting, too, I wanted to share about how volatile uh, the stock market has been. And certainly it scares people. Some people have less tolerance for that kind of risk and those kind of swings than others. And the tendency, you know, for some people is that they want to just get out. They don't want to see their account balance go down anymore. Uh, they can't stomach it. And if you can't sleep at night, then that's what you need to do. Um, but just to give you an idea of, for a long-term investor, why we say to stay invested, stay the course, stick with your plan, um, the reason is that, you know, you really can't time the market. So we talk about how we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know if it's at the bottom. We don't know when it's going to go back up. So if you try to guess when that's going to be, and sell before it goes down more and then try to get back in before it goes up a lot, it will hurt your overall return, your overall performance. So there's a, a study here. This um, was based on being 
invested with $10,000 between January 1st of 2000 and December 31st of 2021. So almost 22 years, you put $10,000 in January 1st, 2000. Mm -hmm. If you tried to time the market, meaning sell, cash out, and then get back in, and then cash out and get back in. Um, if you missed just the 30 best days in the market during those 22 years, 30 days, the value of that $10,000 at the end of that 22-year time period would be $8,613. So that's a loss of about 1,400 bucks. You put in 10,000, you try to time the market, and at the end of 22 years, you have $8,613 from missing only 30 days. And what we're talking about are those 30 days when um, the market goes up, when there's gains and you're not invested. So then when you try to buy back in, the prices are higher, right? If you miss 20 days, the 20 best days in the market during that 22 years, your $10,000 would be worth $13,422. So you've made 3400 bucks in 22 years if you tried to time the market. If during that time period you missed the 10 best days, your $10,000 a little more than doubled and you end up with $22,634. But if you stayed invested for that entire period from January 1st of 2000 till the end of 2021, your $10,000 at the end of that time period would be worth $49,405. So that's an example of why we say if you're a long-term investor, if you have a, an appropriate strategy, there's a lot of ifs, um, you, if you stay invested, you get the best results over the long term. So you could turn $10,000 into $49,000 if you can ride that roller coaster. Um, and if it makes you anxious and you pull the plug, you might lose money uh, over that 22 years instead. So uh, that's just a, a great um, way to put that into perspective and understand what we mean by that. Um, let's go to the phones. We have a call. Kathy's on the line. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You My wanted... question, I, I did have a question um, I was listening to you speak a little bit ago about um, being frugal and clipping coupons. I was, you know, I guess maybe we want to say pre-COVID, was an avid coupon clipper and clip coupons and saved many dollars. But I just found that I can't find coupons. Um, I was wondering where you were getting your coupons <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Kathy, because I actually have noticed that lately there are fewer available, um, and that's been bugging me, but I can tell you where I do get the ones that I use. And I should also say that I actually do buy a store brand for a lot of stuff as well. That So sometimes even a coupon for a, you know, a, a brand name item isn't better a better price than buying the store brand. But the, the coupons I do use, um, 
there is a free like weekly paper that gets dropped off at my house that has some coupons in it. And they're primarily for the products we use, like shampoo and hair products and toothpaste, um, a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, cleaning things. So not as much food, but I, I know I'm trying to remember off the top of my head the kinds of food coupons I see in there, like for Velveeta shells and cheese and um, sometimes snack foods. Um, so there's a handful of stuff in there that, like, again, I'll, I'll default to generic when I when I prefer it or when it's just as good. But there are um, those kinds of manufacturer coupons available in that free paper. I do get a Sunday newspaper delivered to my house, and there are some coupons in there. So one option would be when you go to the grocery store, if you can get a Sunday paper, um, on holiday weekends, they don't have any coupons in them, but um, there's a few in there. And then I use the I, I shop at the Giant primarily for my groceries, so I use the coupons that are in the Giant flyer, and those you can pick up when you're on your way into the store. Um, so they they come in that free paper as well. Um, but if you don't get that free paper, you can get them at the grocery store. So um, like this week, I know there's a coupon for grapes. There's one for tasty cakes. There's um, there were like one or two other things that I know um, I would use. So oh, ice cream was one. So I use those. And then also in the Giant app, there are other coupons. So if you have like a shopper's bonus card um, in the app, you can add those coupons, digital coupons to your card. And then if you buy the things that are in that digital coupon, when you swipe your card at the register, you'll get the discount. So it's worth just scrolling through there to see if there's something that you would use or that you were going to buy anyway, and you can save a couple dollars. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I was getting the Sunday paper, and then all of a sudden the Sunday paper doesn't provide the coupons. So I don't know if it's where I live that, and maybe they put the coupons in a different day of the week. Mm. Even the circular papers aren't in the newspaper because I was getting um, the morning call, and I stopped getting the morning call because, uh, and I was only getting the Sunday paper, but the Sunday paper, you know, didn't have coupons, didn't have the sales ads that I wanted, you know, so then walking into Giant, I'd get the paper or go on the app and things like that. So I was just wondering if you had a different approach than than what I had to find the coupons. No, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're doing similar things. You're right that there's been there's been a decrease in the circulars, in the coupons, and just recently, um, I've been noticing that as well. I, I think I used to be able to use more coupons than I can these days. I think that there's even, um, and I haven't done this, just I haven't had the time, but it's maybe worth looking into. Um, I've heard about like apps online, like if you're if you do online shopping, there's things that you, like an extension on your web browser that will help you find discounts and stuff like that. So um, I think just some Google searches, and there might be some more creative or a little more complex ways to do it. But our, our, you and I, the traditional things we've been doing, there's still a few bucks out there to save, but I think it is been, it's harder to come by. And maybe it's another way of, you know, like cost cutting from these companies that they're not offering us as many opportunities to save. So um, yeah, it kind of stinks. I hope that that, that comes back because um, I always like at the end of the, the shopping trip when you ring up everything and then at the end you see yeah. all the dollars come up. <laughs> it hasn't yeah, been as many. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, calling, okay. Kathy. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Have care. a good day. You too. Thanks. Yeah, Kathy's right. Um, they're being a little skimpy with the coupons. Uh, it stinks, but, uh, you know, still looking for uh, 
buying things when they're on sale. Uh, the sale prices aren't as good as what they used to be, but um, if you don't just kind of go blind, blindly through the aisles and throw whatever you want in your cart, you might be able to save a few bucks. Um, how much time do we have, John? Two minutes. Okay. Uh, we're not going to get into that question now because we'll wait till after the break. Um, I Oh, I can share with you um, that... I have my quarterly newsletter coming out soon. I plan to finish that up this week. So if you're already on the list to receive my um, quarterly email newsletter, uh, you'll get it soon. So look for it before the end of this month. Um, It'll just be the second time I've sent one out. So you haven't missed anything. And if you do want to receive it and you haven't already asked to get added to the list, you can send me an email um, to alyssa at askmtm.com. And we will make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get it. I have a list of things I want to talk about. I just need to spend some time um, finishing up um, how I'm going to write that for you. And we'll get that out. Hopefully it's informative and helpful. If you have any special requests or suggestions um, for things that you would like to Uh, read about feel free to send those to me as well and if you want to call and talk with me before the show's over we have one more segment after this break the phone number is 610-720-7900 you can ask questions about your retirement planning your investments your college savings um, estate planning questions annuities you name it if you want to talk about saving money how you're shopping these days talk about that too so 610-720-7900 or Alyssa at AskMTM.com, and we'll be right back. Thanks. Welcome back to More Than Money. I'm your host, Alyssa Young. Gene's not here with us today. I'm sure you all miss him, but he'll be back next week. Uh, We've been talking a lot today about inflation and um, how it's changing your habits. And um, during the last segment, I shared some of the things that have been kind of my normal practices. And uh, Kathy called and said, where are the coupons and where are the sales circulars? Um, so I got I have a couple emails that I got uh, since that conversation I want to share with you real quick. Um, one great tip from a loyal listener to actually read the supermarket su- circulars and you'll see like kind of the a schedule and sort of normal um, like uh, cyclical stuff that happens. So you'll know when things are 
um, on sale. And make sure you do have loyalty cards um, for stores and other kinds of memberships that don't cost anything. Because when you earn points and you can, you know, either get money back or some kind of savings, um, it really makes a big difference. So a lot of times you need apps for that, whether it's a card you scan or an app. Um, it's worth the trouble, a couple minutes of time to set up an account um, and start redeeming or earning and redeeming um, those kinds of points. You know, that is one good thing about the amount of money I'm spending at the grocery store for our normal food. I'm earning gas points so that at least I'm not paying full price for the expensive gas when I fill up my cars. Um, so keep that stuff in mind. And then also I got a helpful email from someone who says that in the morning call, the ads and coupons are now in Wednesday or Thursday papers. So Kathy, you might need to check that out. Look for the Wednesday or Thursday morning call um, and see if the flyers you've been looking for are there um, instead of the traditional Sundays. So um, I'm glad that we can all kind of pick each other's brains, uh, share some tips. If you want to talk about that or something else, we have about 22 minutes left or so. You can call 610-720-7900 or you can get me by email as well. Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Um, well, let's go to the email pile. We'll answer a couple more emails. I've got lots of stuff to talk about, so um, maybe we need to extend the show this morning for another hour. John, what do you think? Should we extend the show for another hour today? I have lots more stuff to talk about. John says if I want. All right. <laughs> this email says, good afternoon. I am reaching out because my husband and I are thinking about our retirement and if we are ready for it. We don't have a financial planner and recently met with one at our credit union. We meet with him again in a few weeks after he plugs in our numbers and presents us with our options. I then heard Gene on the radio and remembered about MTM, which is how I got to your website. I did read, you only work with a certain number of people and not even sure you would even work with us. My husband basically has three 401ks from previous employers totaling around $85,000 that he would like combined into one account and, of course, earn money on it. He is 62, and honestly, we are not even sure we are set for him to retire. I thought of reaching out to get a second opinion of what we have before we do anything. Thanks for your time. Well, um, I'm really glad that this person reached out to us because that's exactly the kind of thing we do. We talk a lot about our free second opinion meetings. And most of the time, people who come to us for to take advantage of that consultation are talking about exactly these things. Um, can we retire? Is it time? What should we do? What's the best way to be uh, prepared? Um, I would say to this couple, um, there's a couple things that, that jump out at me from the way this is worded. Um, we are not even sure we are set for him to retire. And it started out with, we're thinking about our retirement and if we are ready for it. That means more than just the financial side of the equation. Um, I've had meetings with people who have a plan for retirement. You know, they, they have things they want to do, places they want to go, ways they want to spend their time. And then there's people who are like, mm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I have to figure that out. And sometimes they're a little anxious about that. Like, I don't think I can sit home. So when we have retirement planning conversations, it's not just about do you have enough money to retire, but that is a big part of it. The other part is, you know, emotionally, uh, socially, um, health-wise, 
should you be retiring? And have you thought about what your life's going to be like in this new phase? Because you've never done it before, and it is a huge change. If you're used to going to work for 40 hours a week or more and having a routine and a schedule and seeing people, talking to people, being productive, you know, feeling like you have something to contribute to society. When that stuff changes abruptly, it's it can be very disruptive. It can be depressing for some people. Uh, you could feel bored. You could feel anxious. Uh, you can get on each other's nerves. <laughs> Sometimes the husband or the wife says, you know, he or she needs to get out of the house. <laughs> so those are some things to think about, too, besides the financial part. So that's a conversation we can help facilitate. But a lot of that, um, you know, you need to think about on your own, of course. Um, but as far as this couple talking about, uh, first of all, this, the, the, her husband, um, the, the author of this email said her husband has three 401ks from previous employers. He'd like combined into one account and, of course, earn money on it. So talking about that specifically, um, he would have the opportunity to do a rollover from each of those 401ks into an IRA. And, yes, you can put all three 401k amounts into one IRA to manage together. It makes things a little easier, maybe a little more efficient, especially when it comes time for those required minimum distributions or RMDs. If you have separate 401ks, you need to take a separate RMD from each of them. And for some people who just don't want to be bothered with that kind of nonsense, um, if you don't um, you know, need to be that complicated, putting everything together in one account and having one RMD from your IRA sounds a lot easier, right? So that's one of the benefits. But also putting it into an IRA with a financial advisor or even if it was self-directed, um, it might also be easier there to look at how it's allocated uh, monitor the investment choices and performance and uh, make sure that it gets adapted appropriately over time. So that's certainly one of the things we would talk about with this couple when they come in. Um, being 62, another consideration is the cost of health care. So right now, if he's working, and we can assume for the sake of discussion today that he has um, health insurance provided by his employer, maybe it covers him and his wife. That might be relatively inexpensive. It's not always. Um, but most of the time when you have that group uh, health insurance, you're paying, you know, a small portion of the premium if it's out of your own pocket. So at 62, he's not eligible yet for Medicare. Uh, Medicare can be uh, pretty affordable for most people. Mark just talked about that in the 830 segment, gave us an idea of what you can expect to pay for Medicare coverage. Most of the time, it's less than what you would pay if you were insuring yourself, um, you know, pr private private health insurance. If you were just buying it your, on your own, um, it's typically way more expensive than Medicare is. Uh, so that's something else to think about. Can you afford to pay for insurance on your own? Um, unless, of course, some, some companies offer retiree health insurance. It's becoming... Um, more rare these days, but it's sometimes a benefit. So those are some of the other things to think about, um, whether it's maybe worth it to work a couple more years until Medicare eligibility kicks in. Um, so we can have that discussion and um, look at the other piece would then be, do you have enough money to be able to live on without working? And how does that conversation go? Well, to give you an idea, um, 
one of the first things we would look at are, you know, what are the sources of protected income that you would have and how do they compare to how much money you need to be able to spend every month? So we say, do you know about how much money you spend every month? What is your, you know, your, your living expense, your, your food expense, your entertainment, um, all the things that you normally spend money on average month to month? What is that number? So that's our target. And then we'll compare what's your Social Security benefit going to be, um, whether you started at 62 or at full retirement age or at 70 or somewhere in between. So um, look at how, how close does that come to matching um, that monthly spending number. Do you have any other sources of guaranteed or protected income, such as a pension? Some people are real fortunate where they have a pension and they have a healthy Social Security benefit, and it's more than enough to cover what they need. So anything that they have uh, invested or saved is uh, great for emergencies, for something special, a special expense, or, you know, you have like a safety net or a a place to tap into to, you know, to do something different um, when the time comes. But others, if you don't have, um, if you if you spend more than you know your social security is going to be, if if you're used to a more expensive lifestyle, um, and you don't have a pension, and you're going to need to rely on your investments, that's when we kind of do that math equation and say how much can you take from what you've invested and saved to spend month to month or or every year without worrying about outliving your money. You don't want to run out of money. So uh, is what you have saved so far going to be enough? So we talk about um, an analogy that the gene likes to call it the goose, the golden goose. I call it a chicken just because I don't really eat goose eggs, but I eat chicken eggs. So (laughs) that'll make sense in a moment. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about your principle as being the goose or the chicken. And you don't want to kill the goose or the chicken to eat it. You just want to eat the eggs it lays. So you keep that principle alive and you invest your money so that whatever growth it produces is what you can spend. And so that way you keep getting more eggs to live on year to year. Um, We have a conversation about that when we meet with people and and we do some math and um, see where those numbers shake out. So we would be happy to have that conversation with this couple, talk about um, whether or not retirement really makes sense right now. Um, If it doesn't, hey, maybe it's not complete um, cold turkey retirement. Maybe it's a phased retirement. Maybe um, some part-time work would be enough to cover an income gap and to pay for health insurance. Maybe this person, you know, I'm one of those people where if somebody comes to me and says, I am stressed, I can't stand my job anymore, it's too much, it makes me feel sick, and then I look at the numbers and I'm like, yeah, too bad. Suck it up. Go back to work. Uh, I don't want to have to say that if it's really that bad of a situation. So some things to think about would be, hey, well, maybe you don't need to do that job anymore. Maybe you can um, get by with little lower income. But there are plenty of opportunities out there right now. Everybody's hiring. So um, maybe you make a career change and accept a slightly lower pay rate in order to at least have regular uh, cash flow coming in so you're not yet tapping into your investments or so maybe you can defer your social security benefit and let it grow so when you do start it you're getting more money every month 
um, between the ages of 62 when you first become eligible and your full retirement age, which for most folks um, who haven't reached it yet, it's going to be about 67, it grows 6% every year. It grows every month. If you wait a couple more months, your benefit will be higher when you start it. And then once you reach full retirement age, up till age 70, your Social Security benefit grows 8% per year. So maybe a part-time job allows you to defer that. And then that way, when you do stop working altogether, you're getting more money coming in every month. So we'll talk about all that kind of stuff when you call and schedule a second opinion meeting with one of our financial advisors. Um, and hopefully that conversation is helpful to you. It gives you um, things to think about, decisions to make, and helps you plan. Um, kind of related to that, I had seen an article yesterday that I printed out talking about uh, financial planning for women. And I just thought I'd share this because I would like to encourage um, the women who are listening to um, – you know, keep these things in mind and applaud you if it doesn't apply to you. Um, and, you know, I do these quarterly events, Invest in You for Women in the Lehigh Valley, and it's my goal to kind of help empower them and bring them together. And so this article uh, was interesting to me. Um, we have already known, you know, forever that there's a, a earnings gap for men and women. Um, women are paid about 83 cents of every dollar that men earn. But what's interesting is looking at how that leads to a greater retirement savings gap. So this article says that women workers have less than half of the total household retirement savings than men do. Um, estimated median of $57,000 would be the retirement savings of women compared to $118,000 for men. And that's a problem because women tend to live longer than men. So... They, you know, need money to last them longer. Now, of course, we talk about if you're if you're married, a man and a woman are married. Um, obviously, there are benefits there um, that you have access to your spouse's assets and, um, you know, Social Security benefit and things like that if he predeceases you. But for women who are on their own, um, that can be a very big challenge. Um, also, women are more likely to take time out of the workforce to care for children or loved ones, whether maybe it's a, a parent or a sibling. And that also means less opportunity to save for retirement. And also their own work record means uh, that's, you know, less earnings means a lower Social Security benefit. Um, but this is uh, another really big thing that kind of resonates with me because of what we're doing here and what I do every day. 28% of women never talk about retirement. Um, men talk about that stuff way more often. They plan um, more diligently, and they also are more involved in the financial planning. Men are than women. So, um Remember that it's a partnership. Remember that um, being engaged together in planning your finances and understanding the implications of different decisions um, will help both of you. So I just wanted to share uh, those stats with you and encourage the ladies to call us and get involved and make some plans and we'll help you out as best we can. Uh, let's see. I got another email here that says, I would like some information on annuities. I'm 60 and just retired from the Philadelphia Fire Department. I would like to invest about $100,000 into something really safe. Um, well, good news is that there are annuities that definitely qualify as something really safe. Um, just for an example, I recently worked with a client who um, had some extra money that he wanted to 
invest into something really safe and he wanted a fixed annuity guaranteed interest rate not going to be skyrocketing you know that that principal into some huge um, balance but hey no risk of losing any money and a promise to earn some money so we found in his case a three-year fixed annuity that's earning 3.3 percent per year and he's happy better than what he can get in the bank he's not going to lose his money um so it it qualified. So for this gentleman who um, retiring at 60 and wants to put his $100,000 into something really safe, there's certainly options like that. Uh, there are annuities come in so many different flavors. So do you need income from that uh, investment? If so, we could talk about how much income a $100,000 annuity could generate. And so there's different flavors that allow different opportunities. Um, the like a fixed annuity that you would immediately annuitize can get you a higher income stream, but then that money is locked into becoming an income stream and there's no cash value anymore um, involved in that annuity. But if you'd rather be um, accessible to you, more uh, more flexible, um, you could do something different where you have variable annuity components, maybe still generate some income, but also have some higher growth potential. Um, But there's also a risk of not having a promised rate of return like you do in a fixed annuity. So it depends on your needs and your comfort level. He's saying something really safe. So I'm thinking, hey, a fixed annuity that's going to generate a promised rate of return uh, sounds appropriate. But we also have to look at what else, you know, what is his bigger financial picture? Do you have uh, sufficient income? Do you have other assets you can tap into in case of an emergency? You can't lock up all of your money um, into a product like that if you're going to need to be able to spend it. So those are the questions we ask when we get together with someone before we just sell them an annuity. We need to make sure that it's appropriate for them. Uh, we talked earlier about Mike Pompey our life insurance specialist. We talked with Mark Basak, our social security, Medicare specialist. We also have a partner who is an annuity specialist and he helps us determine uh, which type of annuity is most appropriate. Um, Kagan works with a gentleman named Bobby. Bobby's been super helpful for me. I've had several cases in the last couple of weeks of clients or prospective clients looking for um, annuities or their needs dictate that maybe an annuity would be the best fit. And Bobby's been super helpful with showing me options of different types and, and how they work and why one might be better for a client than another. So um, we can talk with you about that and kind of get into the nitty gritty of comparing and contrasting annuities. We had Kagan on the show a few weeks ago, uh, interviewed him about um, what annuity makes sense for what situation. So if you missed that and you want to get a little um, education about annuities, you can find that in our radio show archive on the website or in the podcast app that you use. And um, you will learn from Kagan about different things to consider um, with annuities. All right. Uh, Let's see. I think we might have time for one more email. And we'll go with uh, this one. So I have, Dear Jean, my husband and I really enjoy watching your show and the accurate advice and information you give to help people. My question is, what steps must we take to allow our only child, our son, to acquire our house tax-free in Ocean City, New Jersey? Must we complete a living revocable trust? 
Uh, we have purchased Susie Orman's must-have documents. We believe you may have referenced these in a past show with some hesitation as to their necessity for their trust option. Is this true? We know her trust contains an incapacity clause. Is this something we need? We would like to avoid probate if possible. We also don't want him to have to pay a step up in cost. Is this possible as well? Is it advisable to add him to our house deed? If so, what are the steps necessary to accomplish that? We will be selling our primary home in Pennsylvania in three years and then living part-time in New Jersey and part-time in California where our son resides. He's 35 years old and married. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, so there's a lot there, but I just want to share a few things because all, there's a lot of questions in here and a lot of considerations when it comes to estate planning. Um, so to avoid probate and also inheritance taxes, the, this couple has the option of putting the home in an irrevocable trust, which essentially would remove it from their ownership, from their estate. Um, and then there are costs associated with creating and maintaining a trust, but that would be one option. But one of the things I want to clarify in this email, she said, I don't want him to have to pay a step up in cost. Um, stepped up cost basis is actually a good thing for someone who inherits assets like a home, because if they've appreciated in value, that means that when they inherit the home, in this case, the, the cost basis becomes the market value on the date the owner died. So that if the person who inherited it, their son, wants to then sell the house, they wouldn't have a huge capital gains tax uh, liability if the if the house appreciated very much. So if they bought the house for a hundred thousand, that's their cost basis. If it's worth five hundred thousand when they sell it, capital gains tax owed on four hundred grand. But if the son inherits it, five hundred thousand becomes his stepped up cost basis. And if he sells it immediately, he has no capital gains tax to pay. So it's a good thing. One more thing, if he put if they put him on the deed, he would pay inheritance tax on their half of the value and capital gains tax on their original cost basis. It's probably not a good idea. So a lot of things to think about, uh, pros and cons of those different options. And uh, you can work with us to help you figure that out. We have an estate planning attorney partner who also helps answer those questions. So that's a great segue into how you can reach us this week, get help on all these kinds of topics. You can call the MTM World Headquarters at 610-746-7007. And anyone who answers the phone will help you with you, whether you need a second opinion meeting, whether you want to hook up with one of our specialists that we've talked about and talked to today. Uh, lots of stuff available to help you. I hope this show was helpful to you today. Um, remember that you can catch up on all of our past shows online and in the podcast app. Uh, we will be back next week with... Lots more uh, emails, your own questions. Um, get in touch with us during the week if we can help you before that. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Thank you for spending the last two hours with me. I got to go to the grocery store, unfortunately. Spend a couple hundred bucks on food. <laughs> I appreciate all the tips you all shared this week, this morning with us. And it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much and God bless you. I'm giving